It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Could the Reds round out the pitching staff with an in-state trade? We're going to tell you on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for making us part of your day. My name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. This Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. And if you are an everydayer, I want to thank you for making us part of your day each and every day. On today's show, we are going to talk about the options, the options, the options, the options. The pitching market has begun to move. The Reds have not made their big move. What could that be? And could it be a second-tier guy that they could add to the starting rotation? Plus, there are some buy-low candidates out there that the magician, the wizard, the grand pooba, known as Derek Johnson, could probably rehab and turn into something amazing. But we want to start with this because the Reds have been very active in trade negotiations. They've been very active in trade rumors. Could they make a deal with the guardians before we get into that I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that is 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduelcom slash locked on to get started and steve the reds and the guardians have been Common trade partners over the years. You can think of plenty of them. In fact, last year we got Will Benson from them. Why wouldn't it make sense for the Reds to go get Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Classe as uh, they are want to said that the, the Guardians want to package those two together? Yeah, well, we talked about that a little bit yesterday, Jeff. Uh, I think that in Ooh, almost did it. I think the Guardians uh, were were not able to get the kind of deals that they were looking for in discussing Shane Bieber just all by himself. So they have sweetened the pot and decided that this is going to be a package deal that includes uh, a pretty stud reliever in Emmanuel Class A. So what that means is the return package to Cleveland is going to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. That being said, I think it's a package that the Reds can afford to pay. So I'm going to put this on the table right now, Jeff, because I think that this is a deal that they should pursue uh, using uh, baseballtradevalues.com. And I know it's flawed. I know it's not 100% perfect, but it does give you an idea. It's the beginning of some information. Uh, so just throwing in there Bieber and Class A uh, and then looking at what the Reds would need to send in return for it to be within the ballpark. It's a list of names that's going to hurt a little bit. We're going to start off with a, a name that's going to get everybody's, uh, the hairs on the back of their necks to stand up. We're going to start the conversation with Edwin Arroyo. And from there, it doesn't get any easier because I'm also going to throw in Chase Petty. I'm also going to throw in Reese Hines. And then really, one more big piece is going to be required, and I think it's going to be Cam Collier. And I don't think that this is too steep a price. Let's talk about what the Reds would be getting back in this hypothetical trade. You get Shane Bieber. You get the consistent 
calming presence in your rotation that you can rely on a guy that's going to be there. And I know he had a bit of a down season last year, but he's done it before and he was dealing with some injury issues. So if he's healthy and things are okay, again, Derek Johnson, who we will talk about quite a bit more later on in today's show, will be able to kind of work his magics a little bit, but Shane Bieber's working at a much higher baseline than a lot of other pitchers that Derek Johnson will have worked with. So you would add him to the top of your rotation. Then, and the reason that the Guardians are doing this, this makes total sense to me, when you get Emmanuel Classe, you get your closer, yeah, with him and Alexis Diaz, I do think that Classe would take over the closer role, but you would have two guys that you'd be able to trust in any situation. That would be amazing. But Classe has four years of team control because the Guardians signed him to a pre-arbitration deal that extended out and you know it gave him guaranteed money and all that good stuff. He is signed for guaranteed contract through the next two seasons. And he has two club options each for $10 million for the 2027 or sorry, 2026 and 2027 seasons. So you could conceivably have a dude. And, and, and by the way, closers of his ilk, Josh Hader are going for double $10 million. And by the time that those club options will be hitting, those might be worth even more. And the closers might be worth even more. So you're talking about a dude that you would have under team control for four years that would anchor down your bullpen with Alexis Diaz. This would be a hugely valuable trade. And I do think I would sign off on something like this. Look, we talked yesterday about the whole not mortgaging the farm for Dylan Cease thing. That's for one guy. This is for your best, you know, your, your, a guy to compete as your best starting pitcher, definitely your most reliable pitcher, and a guy to compete as your best relief pitcher. You're, you're, you're talking about shoring up your pitching staff in one fell swoop. Well, and you're trading away players that haven't reached the major league level. We don't know what the future holds for any of the guys on this list. Now, I know what their potential is, and we've talked an awful lot about potential versus re versus reliability, Jeff. We've been talking about that for weeks now. And, and you get, by trading away a lot of potential, you get back a ton of reliability. Look, I'm not ready to even say that you would bring Emmanuel Classe over here and he takes over the closer role. Imagine a world in 2024 when you have Emmanuel Classe and Alexis Diaz going every other day, opposite of each other. Yeah. A fresh A-plus, grade-A closer going every other day. I, I like that world, Jeff. And, and then you add Shane Bieber to the mix in this rotation that needs a little stability, that needs a little veteran leadership or at least veteran presence in that rotation. Uh, I think this is, listen, if this is the deal, if Nick Crawl could pull this off, it's going to sting a little bit. It's going to sting just a touch, especially if any of these guys reach their potential. But we won't know that right. for years. What we'll know in 2024 is if the two guys coming back make the Reds a division winner, a playoff contender, a World Series possibility. Uh, I think those two guys would make the Reds all of those things. So, you know, sometimes you have to pay to get things, and, and that's the world of baseball. And for me, I would have absolutely no problem sending those four guys to Cleveland to get those two players back. And in this proposed deal, and, and we don't know that this would be the exact deal, but it's probably something akin to this. And maybe instead of re-signs, they go up the list a little bit and they're they're looking at the the Carlos Jorge's or the Hector Rodriguez's of the world or the Alfredo Dunos or something like that. But still, you're 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 talking about these guys that 
Edwin Arroyo is 19 years old and just made it to double A. Uh, Chase Petty had a pretty decent season last year, probably going to be at triple A at some point next season. Don't think he's knocking on the door in major leagues, but he's definitely going to be in triple A next year. And uh, Ken Collier is most likely going to spend most, if not all of the year at Dayton next season. You're not talking about guys that are right next to the major leagues. There's so many other trade proposals and rumors that we've heard that include Rhett Louder and Connor Phillips and guys that are either right here right now or on the doorstep and ready to help this team win. You're not giving away any of that in this deal. If that is the deal that happens, sign me up right now. And by the way, before you say, well, the Guardians would never do something like this, they were close to winning the division last year. They were tearing down last year. And it's just the fact that the NL or the AL Central is just such a train wreck. I mean, the the Royals have spent a bunch of money this year because they looked at their other their their opposing teams in that division and said, you know what, we might be able to take them. And the Guardians are not going for it. In fact, they've openly told their fans that they are not adding to the payroll because their situation with the whole Bally Sports thing is so much more murkier than what the Reds is that they're looking to make that move to maybe kind of build for the future a little bit this i think is the kind of deal that they would consider no i think it's a very plausible deal you know when you're using sites like baseball trade values you know looking at emmanuel classe's case he's coming off of back-to-back 40 save seasons i think his his number is a little high uh that package from from cleveland is valued at a 57 total value uh the package that i talked about there with the the red sending to the guardians i made the swap I took Reese Hines out and I went with Hector Rodriguez, Jeff, just because he's a little bit higher in value. Uh, Those four players, Arroyo, Petty, Collier, and Rodriguez, make a combined total of 48. So it seems it would be a little bit in the Reds' favor, or let's just looking at the numbers. But in actuality, I think Class A's number, a little high. The Reds' prospects numbers, a little low because they haven't reached the show yet. I think there's a partnership here. I think there's a deal to be had. And as you know, the Reds more than once have gotten players from the Cleveland Guardians that have turned out to be big, bolstered additions to this team. I'm talking about Brandon Phillips. I'm talking future about... Future Reds Hall of Famer. Tyler Naquin. I'm talking about... Not future Reds Hall of probably Famer. Not not, yeah. Probably not future Hall of He was fun, though. He was fun. And, yeah. and, and your guy, Will Benson. So yeah. there is a little history here. There is a little bit of uh, ability these teams have shown to work together. So uh, looking at what the market has looked like between what the Dodgers have done to it on the, the free agent side and, and what the, the trade market seems to be looking like in what Chicago is asking for in Dylan Cease, I think this deal right here makes the most sense for Nick Crawl to pursue. I think he should walk away from the table and stop talking to the Chicago White Sox and start talking to the Cleveland Guardians, get something done quickly. Yeah, I, I would love to see this happen. I might try to do a backflip if they end up doing this trade. And make no mistake about it, this is not like us saying that this trade is close. This is us sort of trying to manifest this trade a little bit, but it makes sense, and I think they could totally do it. Oh, uh, absolutely. A deal with Cleveland, Jeff, it's in, it's, it's within reach. It could be done, but if Nick crawl does pull the trigger on this, you know, I agree with a lot of those guys out there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little painful at first. That is until we start winning baseball games in 2024. But 
if they don't pull off a deal, Jeff, there is a need for starting pitching. We're in agreement. They need to go out and get somebody. And there are some starting pitchers out there that might be a more realistic target for the Reds to pursue. Think free agent shopping with a coupon. We'll tell you who those guys are coming up. Before I get into any of that, though, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. That is FanDuel. It is cold outside, but the promotions at FanDuel are heating up. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You will recall I told you not to take the Bengals, and they didn't lose a game until I told you to take the Bengals. So maybe don't listen to me on money line picks for football the rest of the way, guys. But if you think you know who's going to win a money line bet, throw your $5 bet on that, and you are going to get $150 back in bonus bets if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. You can also combine prop bets on a game into single game parlays. That's one of Jeff's favorite things to do. You can play the spreads. You can play the money lines. You can play all kinds of futures. There's so much going on. Right now over at FanDuel, the Reds are plus 450 to win the division in 2024. Take that bet. Put a, put a few bucks on that bet because right now FanDuel thinks the stinking St. Louis Cardinals are going to win the National League Central and I don't know what they're smoking over there, but it was clearly a bad batch. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. Speaking of Locked On, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from the Locked On Network, plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on our next episode here at Locked on Reds, it's another live Aloha Friday, actually on a Friday. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Reds pitching staff and who the best 13 pitchers that the Reds have in their control right now are. And some of the answers may surprise you. Uh, but let's talk about some pitchers that the Reds don't have in their controls right now, Jeff. We've talked about the dreams of the Blake Snells. And we've talked about uh, the dreams of going out and making a trade for a Dylan Cease. And, and maybe there are some more realistic names now that we're getting a little deeper into the off season that we should take a look at at least that might, I don't know if realistic is the right option, but maybe more affordable, maybe uh, giving uh, the reds and the, the pitching coaches an ability of somebody to work with uh, maybe somebody that everyone's not chasing. Yeah, and I think before we we talk about the names, maybe we should clarify that just a bit. Like the Reds got Jamar Candelario in a multi-year deal that ends before any of the key Reds young players hit arbitration. That's, I think, what Nick Grawl is looking for in any deal, whether it be a trade, a, a signing, or something like that. And I think that could price them out. Not necessarily the money, but the years could could price them out of the the market for you know the Blake Snells of the world and the Jordan Montgomerys and the Marcus Strowmans as much as we would love to see one of those guys come to Cincinnati like is Nick Crawl willing to give them a five or six year deal maybe not so let's look at tier two because there are two guys specifically that I'm looking at one of them we talked about at the trade deadline quite a bit because the Reds were attached to this guy and that's Lucas Giolito 
Looking at Lucas Giolito and Michael Lorenzen. There was also a little bit of rumblings about Michael Lorenzen, but they really never talked that much to the Tigers about acquiring him last year. But Lucas Giolito, they did. And kind of breaking down these two guys, look, Michael Lorenzen made 25 starts last year. That was the most amount of starts he had ever made in his career. And he kind of sputtered down the stretch a little bit, pitched out of the bullpen, mainly as the Phillies, you know, went into the playoffs and things like that. Then you had Lucas Giolito, who has hit 30-plus starts in multiple seasons. In fact, had a very great stretch from 2019 through 2021 of getting Cy Young votes, and he made an all-star game appearance during that time. His last two seasons have been a little bit down. So that's kind of where the warts come in and why these guys aren't higher up on people's like you know free agent tier lists. But they could make an impact on their shots, albeit they won't be like the ace type. Like neither one of these guys are going to be pushing for an opening day start, but both these guys have talent that they can add to the Reds pitching staff. I like the idea of going and taking a look at Giolito and here's why, you know, his last couple seasons, while they weren't stellar, they were also him pitching for a train wreck of an organization <laughs> that is the Chicago White Sox and all of the things they went through with Tony La Russa and all the things that they went through with their front office. I, I just, I don't put a lot of stock in a lot of the numbers, a lot of the results. Oh, that he and he went from a train wreck in an organization, the Chicago White Sox to the just absolutely sterling reputation of the Los Angeles angels. And then he went from the Los Angeles angels over to the amazingly ran Miami Marlins. Talk about yeah, that. So, so not, not great, uh, but here's one thing I can tell you about that train wreck of a 2023. He went out and he did his job and he took his turn in the rotation every fifth day, no matter who it was. As a matter of fact, he, when you combine all of his stops in 2023, led the American League in games started at 33. So he was Mr. Reliable. He is a guy you can pencil in that's going to go out there and take the ball when it's his turn. And this rotation in Cincinnati needs that guy. So I, I, I want to not put a lot of stock in the numbers that he put up. This guy was seemingly changing cities every couple of weeks and pitching for a new team. <laughs> it, 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 that's a tough environment to pitch in. You have different coaches in your ears. You have different expectations. You have different cities. Your, your routine is disrupted. Uh, you know, our buddy Carlos has talked to us time and time again about a pitcher and their routines. So, you know, he was just living in a constant state of disruption. So for me, of all the guys we're going to talk about in this second tier, in this more realistic tier, I think Giolito's the one. Giolito's the guy that I hope Nick Craw is talking to at least for a potential uh, potential contract with the Reds to get him in here, create some stability, let him work with Derek Johnson, and let's let's see who Giolito really is when all of those pieces are put into place. And I apologize in my rant about bagger organizations. He didn't go to Miami. He went to Cleveland. Cleveland's a little bit of a better organization. I'll give him that. But still, yeah, he was moving cities so many times, and I think that he is a guy the Reds should absolutely look at. And, and, and look, there's these other guys that are out there that you're going to recognize their names. One of them could be a, a possible reunion in Johnny Cueto. You know who Zach Granke is. You know who Corey Kluber is. There's a couple of guys like that who you're like, well, what about those guys? These guys are in the group that I, I, I call the, the, the group of pitchers who are just too old to move the needle. Look, at one point in their career, they were very good pitchers, all three of those guys. But right now, in 2024, adding Johnny Cueto or Zach Granke or Corey Kluber just isn't going to do it. Like, 
we you you mentioned the odds of the Reds winning the NL Central at plus four fifty. FanDuel is not going to race to their computers to change the odds very much if the Reds go out and sign one of those guys. It's I I think the Reds need to be looking at those. Lucas Giolito moves it a little bit. Michael Lorenzen moves it a little bit. One of those top tier guys obviously would move it a lot if they could get them. But you're you're definitely looking at a specific group of pitchers here. And there's one other guy who I think, yeah. Before before we move on to that, I want to talk just a little bit about those guys because I, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to just say, oh, you know, they've reached a stage in their career where we don't need to take them seriously or they're not going to be good. It, it's just a matter of you know, this is a, a sport for this is a sport of young men, and the, all of these pitchers have a lot of wear and tear on their arms. And so when you're looking going out and looking for a, the player that's going to be that innings eating stabilization to a rotation he's re- these really aren't the kind of guys that you want to look at but i want to throw a crazy idea at you jeff because i've been thinking about this a lot every day i log on to our friend's site over at spot track and i'm looking at who's still available and what their uh, estimated annual value is going to be and a name keeps jumping out at me and now hear me i'm going to say the name but stick with me on this the name is clayton kershaw now stick with me. Hang on for a second. His estimated annual value for a contract at Spot Track is $35 million. The Cincinnati Reds right now are $50 million below league average in payroll. They could give Clayton Kershaw a two-year $70 million deal to stabilize this rotation, make a run at the World Series, and have Kershaw off the books before they ever have to pay an arbitration dollar to any of the rookies on this roster. I think it makes sense. It's tough, man, because we we talked about this, um, you know, the idea of how good are you when you pitch as opposed to how much do you pitch? And, you know, we're looking for that 30 start guy, the reliable, the Clayton Kershaw had made 30 starts for a few years now. He's, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's been so good. Like not just good, like Cy Young good in the starts that he's made. You were kind of breaking down the numbers for me over the last few years with the Dodgers. And yeah, it's like, you know, 22 starts and 25 starts and 23 starts. You know, it's not numbers that match what we've been talking about as far as that longevity goes in the season. But those starts and bear in mind, the Reds gave 22 starts to to freaking Luke Weaver last year. If you take the starts that Luke Weaver made, but make them as good as Clayton Kershaw's numbers in his 22 starts. Did the Reds, Reds would have made the playoffs? playoffs? Yeah. They, they, would have been, the, they would have made the playoffs. They would have made the playoffs. And and the whole, you know, the whole weird luck that the Reds lineup had whenever Luke Weaver pitched, notwithstanding, they actually would have gotten good pitching performances. So I, I just, that intrigues me a little bit because we have said, and this would follow along with what we've said, that the average annual value doesn't matter. It's all about years. And if you can get them for two years, I think that the money probably shouldn't be that big a deal. I don't look, you sign Clayton Kershaw, you're selling a bunch of jerseys. He's probably starting opening day. That's the move that you want to make. I, I just don't know, man. I don't and listen. Know. Clayton Kershaw is not an old man. That's not getting it done anymore. In 2023, he was good for 3.7 wins above replacement. That was last year at the age of 35. 
you you broke it down a little bit there, Jeff. In, in the last three seasons, he started 24 games in 2023 and then 22 in both years, 2021 and 2022. Uh, he is good for 120 plus innings. And I talked about this on yesterday's show. You want a guy to take the mound every fifth day and strike fear in the hearts of your opponents. That's Clayton Kershaw. If he's on the mound and you know you are facing him today, you're going to try and bring your best stuff, your your A game. You're going to try and be dialed in because you know that that guy knows how to beat you. And that's a guy I want in this rotation. I know it's far-fetched. I'm not saying the Reds are going to do it. But if ever there was a team positioned to be able to do a deal like this and get the most out of it, I think it's the 2024 Cincinnati Reds. And the thing that I'm thinking and the thing that you're probably thinking listening to this is that, well, he's just going back to the Dodgers. And my only question of that is, why hasn't he yet? If, if, if he's just going back to L.A., what's taking so long? Because they just signed everybody else. So what, what, what are they waiting for on Clayton Kershaw? So that, I mean, who knows? That That's definitely, that's probably a lot less likely than Lucas Giolito and Michael Lorenzen. And Lucas Giolito and Michael Lorenzen, either one of those guys could really help out this. See, I can't wait to see to the comment section on this episode. Clayton oh <laughs> Kershaw. They're going to be like, what? What? This is worse than when you guys did an episode about Trey Turner last offseason. All right. What about some buy low options? Because look, there's still options. There's plenty of options out there. And Derek Johnson could work his magic on a few pitchers and turn their careers around while leading the Reds to the playoffs. We'll talk about those guys coming up next. Before we do that, I want to let you know that in between episodes, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on X, only if we're allowed to be called the X-Men, um, uh, or Twitter. At Jeff Carr with three Fs for my Twitter handle. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. Also, make sure that you bookmark InsideTheReds.com. Got a lot of great stuff. They actually wrote about uh, Lucas Giolito and Michael Lorenzen at InsideTheReds.com. Make sure you go check out that website. And we have a great community of Reds fans talking Reds baseball all year long on the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Have a link in the description of today's episode to that wonderful group. Uh, we invite you to join. All right. I have talked about this ad nauseum, really ever since Derek Johnson's first season here when it was apparent that he knew what he was doing. Dude's a magician. Dude's a wizard. Dude can really get the best out of a pitching staff. Now, sure, there's the Luke Weavers of the world. There's a few strays. But for the most part, we're talking about some really good pitching performances. And there are a few guys out there on the open market that the Reds could go after guys who are either coming off of injury or maybe forgotten a little bit that maybe they could spend a little bit less money on bring in rehab and reap the benefits of their turnaround. You're, you're correct. And, and some of these are names that people will be like, Oh yeah, I know who that guy is. And, and some of these names you're going to maybe say, who, but but let's start with a guy that pitched in the division last season and pitched fairly well. And of course, I'm going to talk about a Milwaukee Brewer, and that is Julio Tehran. And and his his numbers were really pretty good for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
uh, he uh, was coming off of a season in which he did not pitch in the major leagues. And in 14 games, 11 of them start 71 innings pitched for the Brewers. He was three and five with a four, four ERA, but his strikeouts per nine was 6.3 while his walk rate per nine was only 1.6. And you know how I feel like that's the, that's the two yeah. columns I go and look at Jeff when I've tried to begin my evaluations of a pitcher and how well they did during the course of a season. 1.6 walks per nine while still striking out a little more than six. I'll take that guy uh, as an addition to a team that needs somebody that can be a swing man. And again, this isn't a guy that on the onset of the signing is he's going to move the needle a whole lot. No, but he has something to work with for Derek Johnson. He, he spent 2022 in the, in some independent Mexican baseball league, uh, kind of working on some stuff. He had a shoulder injury that really zapped 2021 away from him. So he was just trying to kind of rehab a little bit. And that was coming off of a really horrible year in 2020, where he pitched in 10 games for the angels and gave up all of the runs. So everyone was kind of figuring that they knew what they knew about Tehran and he had to prove them wrong. And he pitched pretty decently for the Brewers last year. Nothing crazy, but I think that there's something there. Here's another guy, and this guy really intrigues me. Now, you may or may not remember this name. He was on the trade block the same year that Luis Castillo was from the Oakland A's. His name is Frankie Montes. The New York Yankees acquired him from the A's, and then he pitched a little bit for them and got a shoulder injury and basically missed all of last year. He pitched in one game. He pitched an inning and a third in that game. That was it. That's all he pitched last year. So he's really an unknown coming off of that shoulder injury. You're like, okay, what do we get out of him? Where could he be? This dude was a pretty decent pitcher for the Oakland A's. And we're talking about a guy who pitched well in Oakland, went to the Yankees, struggled, now looking for this next team. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Little Sunny Gray vibes coming out of uh, this particular conversation. Yeah, and I think that I think that you know he's got the kind of stuff. He's got a nice pitch mix that Derek Johnson could work with. Could be a very. I mean, he's got a very high ceiling. Now he's got a, a low floor too. And again, all these guys, you know, we've been talking a lot about reliability. I understand that this segment we're not necessarily talking about reliability here, but could really add some depth to the pitching staff and give Derek Johnson a little bit of uh, a little bit of clay to mold and create into a good pitcher again. You know, another guy that's out there on the free agent market that is at least interesting, I think might be worth taking a look at as Sean Manaya out from uh, San Francisco. I, I think he is a guy that really could fit in well with this Reds team. You know, his numbers are such he's another one of those guys kind of like Nick Martinez that could pitch from the rotation could pitch from the bullpen could eat up a lot of innings and be pretty successful doing it. Uh, this is, this is a, a definite upgrade. I think in the bullpen, if you go out and get him, he throws lefty. So it's another left-hander in this bullpen. And I think the reds should still be looking for that other left-hander, that other 100%. solid guy to, to, to pair up with your guy, Darth Maul. So uh, this fits all those bills, checks all those boxes. Always two. There are no more, no less. And he's got a good XFIP, which means, uh, that, you know, his XFIP, <laughs> yes, you I, did. Walk, um, I walk right into that. And I talk about XFIP a lot. It's kind of an ERA predictor. It's not necessarily like a stat that anybody's going to use for any sort of like 
award or anything like that, but it's it shows how lucky a pitcher has been getting. For the last three seasons, Sean Manaya's XFIP has been lower than his ERA, which means that he's been getting unlucky. In fact, his XFIP has been under four for the last, well, not last year it was like 4.04. The three years before that, it was under four. So we're talking about a dude that really is a solid pitcher. And I think that he is a perfect example that we talk about all the time. If you just look at ERA and think that you know everything about a pitcher, you got to look at more because Shamanaya has had a pretty solid strikeout rate, not spectacular, but solid. And right around league average walk rate, definitely something there for Derek Johnson to work with. Yeah, I go back to those two columns, Jeff. You look at his career, strikeouts per nine at 8.3, walks per nine, 2.4. Uh, anytime that the walks are under three and the strikeouts are eight or above, I, I think that's a guy that could be useful uh, for your team's bullpen. And this guy, and and he's not necessarily going to be an asset for 2024, but he would be an asset for 2025. Another former brewer, Brandon Woodruff. He had Tommy John surgery late last season. He is not going to pitch until, I mean, at the very earliest August, most likely September of this year. So you would need to sign him to a two-year prove-it deal, something like what the Texas Rangers gave Tyler Malley just a couple of weeks ago. But you're talking about a dude that once he comes back, we all know. I mean, if if you're an everydayer and, and you're a big-time Reds fan, you know the name Brandon Woodruff. You hate the name Brandon Woodruff. It'd be kind of nice to add that dude to your rotation. If you can't beat them, hire them. That is the idea. And and I, I like this. You know, when we looked at this, Jeff, and 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 looking at what the Rangers did with Tyler Malley and, and looking at the similarities of, of being able to lock up a pitcher and know that you're just kind of stashing him. You're putting him out there, and it's not really a this year situation. Maybe if if you you're looking to get a guy a break in September and set things up for the playoffs. You get him up for a couple starts at the end of the year. And then you reset for 2025. I think this is, this is an idea much like my Clayton Kershaw idea. This is an idea that I think should deserve a little bit of consideration. Uh, this is something that while it's not something the Reds typically do, uh, they could learn something here uh, about long-term strategizing and planning ahead. And, and I like the idea. I really do. Yeah. I think that, if, if, if you're considering Woodruff or if you're considering Kershaw, then you're talking about, here's the box. This is where that idea is. It's definitely outside the box. So that'd be, that'd be interesting. Speaking of outside the box, Luke, we stop we, it. No, sorry. No, stop no. it. I couldn't. I Listen, couldn't. I let you have your star Wars moment. You are not <laughs> going to go down some Luke. We've oh. no, we're not. We're not. I can't, I can't even say that with a straight face, but no, look, look the reds, and, 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 and pretty much all these guys, I mean, Brandon Woodruff's really the only two-year contract. Maybe Sean Manai gets a two- or three-year deal, but for the most part, you're talking about some dudes that are going to sign short-term deals, and the Reds may benefit from that because they have the dude, Derek Johnson, that can tinker, he can work, he can fix what ails a pitcher and get them back to where they were really, really good. It could be a, a an interesting uh, market inefficiency that the Reds could take advantage of. Hashtag Jeff loves Luke Weaver, and that is where we are going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown. I love somebody. I'm Thanks always hating so somebody in these hashtags. It's true. <laughs> Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day, everydayers. Coming up tomorrow, it is another live. 
Aloha Friday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. We're going to take a look at the Reds pitching staff, identify who we think the best 13 are, and then, of course, put you in the drivership and take your questions and comments. Uh, Jeff, what can folks count on from you and I uh, the rest of the way during this offseason as we get closer and closer and closer to that blessed day of pitchers and catchers reporting? They can expect us to be all over the rumors, all over the news, and all over the transactions because we will be locked on Reds every single day. Do you still get mail from the Luke Weaver fan club, or is it like just you running it now? We're not just gonna we're not just gonna gloss over drivership. You said Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.